This is The Wrap, a weekly show bringing you the movie goodies and cool stuff that's been happening throughout the week. This is episode 35 on Friday, June 21st, 2013, and I'm your host, TJ. You'll have to forgive me this week if I sound a little froggy or my voice sounds a little uh, stranger than normal. I'm just getting over a cold and my throat is still giving me a little bit of trouble. So bear with me, I will do my best. Let's start off with the box office report. What else is new? Brought to you from Krypton, of course. Number one in the box office was Man of Steel on a budget of $225 million. Can I just say, wow, that sounds bloated. Uh, it brought in $125 million domestically on its opening weekend, $71.6 million foreign total, $196.7 million worldwide total. So this film did quite well on its first week. Uh, number one week, number one in the box office. I did not like this film at all. There was a few things that I liked about it, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, I felt this film was very poor in telling its story. Uh, it was very disjointed. Uh, it did not do. Uh, it did not do much for me. I did not. I was not emotionally invested in the film or emotionally connected to the characters. I didn't feel like I got to spend any time with them. It was quite a disappointment. After finally coming around to really looking forward to the film, having been skeptical at first when it was when the project was first announced and it started coming out that this was a complete reboot, uh, and then I finally was looking forward to it, and it was such a disappointment. But it was number one. Audiences like it. Critics are a little more mixed. Number two at the box office. This is the end. Yeah, the end of good filmmaking, as I have said before. I do not intend to see this film. It was number two, uh, brought in $20.5 million on its opening weekend. Uh, $32 million is the total as of Monday. Week number one for that film as well. Number three, Now You See Me, week number three, brought in $10.3 million over the weekend. Uh, the current domestic total is $80 million. The uh, foreign total is $27.7 million. It has made $107.7 million on a budget of $75 million. Number four was Fast and Furious 6, on a budget of $160 million. It brought in $9.4 million over the weekend domestically. The do- domestic current total is $219.5 million. The foreign total is $417.3 million for a worldwide total of $636.8 million. Week number four for Fast and Furious 6. Number five at the box office was The Purge, which I know nothing about and doesn't look good to me and I don't want to see it. It brought in $8.2 million over the weekend. Its current worldwide total is $58.5 million. Number six was The Internship. $36 million worldwide total, $7 million over the weekend. Number seven was Epic. The uh, worldwide total for Epic is now $212.7 million. That's on a budget of $100 million. Brought in $6 million over the weekend. Number eight, still in the top eight charts, was Star Trek Into Darkness. It's week number four for Star Trek Into Darkness, heading into week number five now this weekend. Glad to see that it's still on the charts. Wish it were doing a little bit better because it was a great film. Uh, the only other thing to note is that After Earth came in at number nine, so it's it's pretty much a bomb. I mean, it's not doing well at all. So that's your box office totals and your box office numbers, rather. So on Monday, I posted a article, uh, a link to an article by Laramie Legal, why Spielberg and Lucas are wrong about the film industry. They had predicted the implosion of the film industry and how the landscape is changing. The thrust of Laramie Legal's article is basically the landscape is always changing, uh, and of course things are going to change, but here's why they're wrong about the specifics. And it was a pretty good article. I, I really enjoyed it, really recommend it. Um, 
let me let me just read a little bit of Laramie's article here. So while Spiel, so while Spielberg's contention of an implosion coming is correct, he's dead wrong on what will disappear. There's still two billion dollars out there for Disney when they release huge films or simply go back to the well of 3D conversions. Smaller dramas not worth the time anymore. A very scary trend indeed. George Lucas agreed that massive changes are afoot, including film exhibition morphing somewhat into a Broadway play model whereby fewer movies are released. They stay, in theater, they stay in theaters for a year, and ticket prices are much higher. His prediction prompted Spielberg to recall that his 1982 film, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, stayed in theaters for a year and more and four months. He says, his verdict? Incorrect. This is hilariously wrong. It's like saying, man, back in the day, everyone used ships to cross the Atlantic. I can see that coming back. No, no, no. A thousand times, no. The actual thing that's going down is movies are getting more and more front-loaded i.e. everyone sees them opening weekend, more so with each passing year. And I, I agree with, with that assessment, and there was other assessments and other things such as the worldwide total and the box office becoming more of a worldwide phenomenon and not just a domestic phenomenon, and how film films are having to appeal to a broader audience. I completely agree, and I love Laramie's article. You'll find that in the show notes, and I recommend that you read it. Man of Steel Universe will reboot Batman. Talking to David Goyer, screenwriter for Man of Steel, John Lias from Hey You Guys says, When pushed on the possibility of the Justice League movie following following on directly from from Man of Steel, I'm sorry, his, his wording here is a little awkward. I'm reading his wording. Following directly from Man of Steel, he elaborated, it would be disingenuous to say Warner Brothers doesn't hope that this would be the starting point for a shared universe, and Zack has said that Bruce Wayne exists in this universe. It would be a different Bruce Wayne from Chris Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, and it would be disingenuous to say Zack and I haven't had various conversations set around what if and moving forward. So I'm, I have mixed feelings about this. I know that Christopher Nolan said that his universe was a trilogy and that he's wrapped it up and that it's done and it's over. At the same time, why? I mean... You're allowed to uh, change your mind and change your opinion, and we've already established this Batman. We've had great films about it. We've even set up the fact that it doesn't have to be Bruce Wayne. It can be Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who turned out to be Robin, uh, but who's actually been set up to take on the mantle of Batman. I mean, they could do all kinds of things and keep it within the same universe and make everybody happy. I mean, they've already established these characters in this way. So, at the same time, I understand where they're coming from and that it was supposed to be a trilogy and its own thing and it's not part of a shared universe. So, I get that, but I kind of wish that it were part of a shared universe. I don't know. Uh, How do you guys feel? You can let me know in the comments on this podcast, which you will find, by the way, at moviebyte.com slash therap slash 35 is where you can find the show notes and the comments where you can comment on on the uh, episode. So, let me know what you think about that. Loki will not be in the Avengers 2, according to Joss Whedon. He says, I've turned in a first draft, but the story is very set. Everybody's very much on board with the exact movie I'm trying to make, which is what worked the first time. Imitating what I did before is the surest way to not do it well. And Loki is not there to say those terrible things. So, in in, in addition to tipping his hand for uh, the Avengers and that Loki won't be in it, this may also kind of point to what's going on in the dark world with Loki, uh, Thor the Dark World. Uh, you can speculate, especially if you've seen the trailers, on what might happen to Loki that would prevent him from being in the Avengers, but I just kind of wonder if that's what's going on, but who knows? In any event, uh, Loki is not being written into the Avengers, according to Joss Whedon. Netflix and DreamWorks are to produce new original content. They've come to a deal to, to produce new original content. 
It'll be based on uh, the current DreamWorks franchises and new material, it looks like. Uh, so basically, this is an avenue, kind of like in the past, how a network and a TV uh, TV network would bring uh, content to people's TVs. Now it's being done through Netflix online, on demand, instantly. I mean, I'm 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 very much on board with this, even though I'm not necessarily a fan of any of Net, of uh, DreamWorks properties, except for possibly Shrek. And uh, you know, I could talk for a minute about Shrek. I didn't like Shrek three, but I liked the others. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not a big fan of most of their other properties. Some of, They have some good things and some that are not as good. But I am on board with this idea of bringing content to uh, Netflix and to, straight to video on demand and bypassing TV networks. So this is, a good, this is good news to me. J.J. and George Lucas haven't spoken yet about Star Wars Episode Seven. Um, I think, unfortunately, that it's good to keep George Lucas out of this. I think that uh, Star Wars will be better off without him. I know it's his franchise and his baby, and he created it, but he, and I know he did what he wanted to do with it, but as fans, as a fan, I, I think that he really kind of destroyed the franchise, and I'm interested to see how J.J. can bring it back into something good, and I want to keep Lucas's hands off of it. That may sound you know strange of me to want to keep the creator's hands off of his own property, which he has sold, so it's not really his property anymore. But I'm I'm happy to hear this actually. So <laughs> you know that may be kind of sad, but that's how I feel about it. On Wednesday, I wrote and released my Man of Steel review. I gave it two out of five stars, and I was not happy with the film, as I've already mentioned. I went into a little bit of the history of Superman on the big screen: Superman the movie, Superman two, Superman three and four, Superman Returns, which I loved. Uh, and you can kind of get a sense for all that all that stuff. And I did mention the things that I did like about Man of Steel. There were some things that I liked, but it still wasn't enough to get it up over kind of the, the, the two and a half star mark, which is two and a half would be a neutral, neither the good and the bad kind of cancel each other out. I felt a little more strongly against the film, so I gave it two out of five stars. We also talked about it on the Movie Bite podcast, episode number 48, Joe and I. Joe liked it a lot better than I did. If you want some more positive opinions about the film, be sure to listen to that episode. Uh, moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 48 is where you'll find that episode. And uh, here Joe and I talk about it. HBO Go and ESPN is now available on Apple TV. And uh, this is a good thing. Uh, despite the fact that I can't have access to HBO Go because I am not a cable subscriber and I'm not a subscriber to HBO and you... This content is available to you on demand for free if you are a subscriber. Nevertheless, I, I find it good that more channels and more uh, avenues are becoming available for on-demand streaming content. This is this is what I want to see, and I'm happy with this. So uh, that's a good thing. Robert Downey Jr. signs on for two more Avengers films. We kind of knew that this was going to happen despite the fact that there was a lot of uh, talk about how Robert Downey Jr. was uh, kind of in a skirmish with the, the studios over his price and over coming back. And we knew that he, w he was always going to settle, that Marvel was not going to let him get away. Even if he demanded a lot of money, the films that he's making for them are making a lot of money and it would be foolish not to let them get away. Still in the back of our heads, at least in the back of mine. You kind of wondered, you know, studios have done stupider things. Are they going to let this, going to kind of try to replace Robert Downey Jr.? Are they going to let Iron Man go? But he has signed on now for two more Avengers films. And Joss Whedon had previously said he would not make the Avengers without 
Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. So it's a it's a good thing to hear, even if we kind of already knew that it was going to happen regardless. Helena Bonham Carter will be Cinderella's fairy godmother. Jermaine Lucier over at Slash Film reports, Kenneth Branagh's live-action Disney film Cinderella has just found its fairy godmother. Helena Bonham Carter will play the iconic role helping the title character Lily James, playing the title character, fall in love with the prince, played by Richard Madden, in spite of the wicked stepmother, Kate Blanchett. I kind of forgot that there was an upcoming live-action Cinderella. I can't say I'm thrilled about it, or I can't say I'm not thrilled about it either. I just I don't have any feelings either way. It's kind of odd to see Helena Bonham Carter playing the quote-unquote good guy and Kate Blanchett Blanchett playing the quote-unquote bad guy. That seems a little odd to me, almost backwards, but, you know, we'll see how this goes. And, you know, let's talk about what you might want to see this weekend. We do have two decent-looking films. One certainly will be good, and the other uh, remains to be seen, although gets a recommendation from... Corey Poff, who has seen it, if I, even if I haven't seen it yet, Corey is a frequent contributor to Movie Byte in terms of reviews. Those two films are Monsters University and World War Z. Those are opening this weekend. You can already see them in theaters if you so choose. Monsters University is rated G, and yeah, you should see this one. This is this is going to be a good one, there's no doubt. Um, it should be a lot of fun. It is a Pixar film. Uh, Mike Wazowski and James P. Sullivan are, in, are an in, inseparable pair. But that wasn't always the case. From the moment these two mismatched monsters met, they couldn't stand each other. Monsters University unlocks the door to how Mike and Sully overcame their differences and became the best of friends. So yeah, you should see this one. World War Z, uh, as I said, Corey recommends this one. He saw it last night, and he tweeted out that he wants to, that it, that he uh, th- thought it was pretty good, even if it was nothing like the book. And the summary for that is a U.N. employee is racing against time and fate as he travels the world, trying to stop the outbreak of a deadly zombie pandemic. Rated PG-13. So, yeah, I'm going to say C based on Corey's recommendation and hope that it's good. Still in theaters are Man of Steel, This is the End, Now You See Me, Fast and Furious 6, The Internship, Epic, Star Trek Into Darkness, After Earth, and Iron Man 3. Well, that's all for this week. If you would like to view the show notes online, you can find those at moviebyte.com slash therap slash 35. If you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at TJ Draper Pro, or you can find me on Facebook and subscribe to my updates there, facebook.com slash TJ Draper. Of course, you can follow MovieByte on Twitter to stay up to date. We are MovieByte over there, and you can like MovieByte's Facebook page, facebook.com slash MovieByte. Of course, be sure to visit the website where we keep you up to date every weekday at moviebyte.com. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great weekend.